Good afternoon. This is Kimberly Miner today, uh, owner and founder of Holistic Living Health and Wellness, and I have an amazing guest with us today, David Bedansky, and he is the author of If Not Now, When, and helping all of us try to create a healthy lifestyle for ourselves and doing that uh, within 90 days. And so, um, like anything, um, nothing is a quick fix. It actually takes time and it takes commitment and um, it there has to be a desire. You know, if there's a desire, that you're 50% there. The other 50% is all the hard work and time that you put into it and stuff. And so, I'm super excited to have him here today. Uh, we met and we just, you know, realized that with what we're both trying to do, empower others. You know, our mission here at Holistic Living is that um, we want to empower others to get out of their own way and take the junk out of their life and bring the health back into it. And uh, certainly in what it is that you focus on is that um, people struggle with that all the time is that there's so much junk in their life in what they're eating and stuff in their lifestyle of how they do it. Um, but then there's other, so many other things in their life and stuff too that is so unhealthy that it's just as, is, it's, it's just as much calories as eating the bad, it, the things that aren't good for you, you know. Correct. And then it also has the effect too of um, that wha how they eat is a result of what is going on in their life. It's not only what they eat, it's when they eat, how much they eat, yes. it, it's all encompassing. The number one reason that people overeat is because of stress. And the number one reason people go on vacation is to get away from stress. And what do most people do on vacation? Eat a lot eat. more and drink a lot more. <laughs> so it's, not, it's a revolt, it's like a circle. It's like the circle of life, it just like keeps coming back around. So. David, um, why don't you tell um, tell all of us a little bit about uh, who you are, what um, what got you to the point of where you are right now with your company, and what made you want to uh, you know write you know your books to you know help others. Thanks, Kimberly. For yeah, absolutely. In July of 2019, my doctor told me based on my lab results, I have a 95 percent chance for a heart attack. He gave me two options. Lose the weight or find a new doctor. I like my doctor, and I certainly didn't want to die. So I lost weight. I lost 50 pounds during the next four months. Went back home and realized that most of my life I was fit and trim and athletic. Like most of us, life gets in the way. Before you know it, the weight creeps up on you. Started reading books that I had from the 1970s and 80s on proper eating. Um, Paul and Patricia Bragg. Jack LeMayne, Richard Simmons, to name a few. Started reading some of the more current books and realized there's a lot of misinformation out there. In doing research, I found out that 71% of the U.S. adult population is overweight. That's seven out of 10 people, of which 40% are clinically obese. Wow. What that means is if you're at a social gathering with 10 people, seven of you most likely are overweight. I wanted to help other people avoid potential heart attacks like I did. I was fortunate. I avoided it. I have friends that weren't so fortunate. The other big issue is type 2 diabetes. I have a lot of friends that yes. have turned from pre-diabetic to diabetic. 
it's an epidemic and it's getting worse. So I wanted to help people. My background is I'm a retired divorce attorney. I know how to research and ah. figure out what's accurate, what's not, what's misleading, what's truthful. There's a lot of misinformation out there, unfortunately. A lot of marketing gimmicks. Well, we, we are competing with a half a billion dollar industry. And you know that's some of the conversations that I've had on, on this podcast is that um, you know, we are so inundated with information uh, about what is good to eat or what program to do or what, what supplements you should take. And um, <clears throat> sometimes uh, people can get almost defensive because whatever it is that they're doing and stuff, even though um, they may not know exactly what it is that they're taking and stuff, um, they're really quick to jump because they truly believe that what it is that they're doing is it. And um, if you don't o ask them open-ended questions, they're going to shut you right off. But if you do ask open-ended questions and talk with them and stuff, you'll find out is that you know, they heard it from so-and-so or, you know, one of their friends was in or family member was part of this program or something. And so they don't really know how that program will fit for them or what supplements they should take. And I always talk about, like, how many of you gone into, like, a GNC or uh, all-natural grocery store and stuff and you go in the aisles where all the vitamins and supplements are and it's just like this huge long row of, like from here to here you know with all these different vitamins on you mean to tell me that the average person knows how to go in there and look at number one knowing what one brand is versus another and two knowing what things are okay to be in there and and what is not okay and it's you know it's we're all treating ourselves basically like a science guinea pig well here's some more sobering facts <laughs> at any one point right now amazon has over 50,000 books on weight loss nutrition health and fitness 50,000 right now americans spend 66 billion dollars yes. each year that's annually on weight reduction, weight loss <coughs> products from meal plans, swanky gym memberships to supplements, yet the population is increasingly gaining weight. Yep. Something is wrong. Yep. And what is wrong is not one size fits all. That's correct. And what may work for a colleague, a neighbor, a relative, or a friend may not work for you, and vice versa. What may work for you may not work for them. Especially your lifestyle, too, depending on how your lifestyle is. How busy are you and stuff? You, What your lifestyle is versus a friend of yours is, you know, it may work for them because their lifestyle can incorporate that. But yours may not, your lifestyle may be different. And so that you can't keep those same commitments or the same regimen because your schedule doesn't allow it. And you really have to, it's a huge right. thing you have to look at, too. Correct. It's it's lifestyle, and in addition, we're all unique and different. We have different body chemistries, different mm -hmm. <clears throat> male and female, uh, different hormonal issues. A lot of things you need to take into consideration, other than reducing calories mm -hmm. and exercising more. People <clears throat> who tend to go to the gym tend to gain weight instead of reduce weight or lose it. It's 
because they underestimate how many calories they burn and right. overestimate how many calories they consume. Uh, it's not just calories in, calories out. It's what type of calories. I look at food as fuel for my body, that my body is a machine. Whereas 125 calories in a Hershey bar and a Coke with 100 calories, that's only 225 calories, but they're empty calories. They provide no nutritional right. benefits as opposed to eating fresh blueberries or having a hard-boiled egg or a fried egg. Uh, some people like dairy, some don't. Some want to eat meat, some don't. So you have to figure out what's going to work for you and what isn't. Right. Well, and I, I have found that for myself, uh, for almost seven years now, I have uh, stopped dairy. Now, every once in a blue moon, I will have an urge for something, and I will wind up having it. And I can tell you, and, it, and I know, number one, is from the fact because I've, I stay away from it. So then when I do have it, I absolutely feel the consequences of that um, if, um, versus if I had continued to be on it and stuff. And then you, know, you, you would have something that, built, that I was building up that you know, I had to deal with. Um, so to, it would be like, oh, I'm kind of used to that, but now because I've stayed away from it and my body doesn't do those things, it becomes this, like, huge, like, my body kind of screams at me and says, like, what are you doing? Like, you know better than this. So um, so I try to fight that, you know, urge is, you know, but I have found other things to replace it. You know, I found, like, veggie cheese. Right. You know, I found, uh, I was huge cheese and sour cream because I, I like chicken fajitas, and the, you know there is never, an, in my world, there was never enough sour cream that would go on that, um, but now I found something else that's, you know, that is a non-dairy, you know, and it tastes, actually, I, I can't, and I'm, because I was such a connoisseur of sour cream, like, I knew, like, what, I knew what I liked, the taste I liked, so I was pretty picky about it, and I found one that it tastes actually really good, you know, or like cream cheese that's non-dairy that has no dairy whatsoever right. in it, and it tastes really good and stuff. Yeah, and I found when I made that change, though, actually my desire for it decreased. I didn't, I, and it was amazing because I thought it was going to be this huge uh, withdrawal for me and this craving that I wouldn't would have a hard time getting through. But I found when I found those other ones that, um, I don't know, it's just like I don't have that same craving that I had before. So it makes me wonder what was in the dairy and stuff that, you know, made me feel like I needed to have an excessive amount of it. Oh, I can answer that question. Well, yay! Have you heard the term bliss point? No. It's a term coined by Howard Moskowitz, who was... A psychologist and mathematical engineer graduated from Harvard and he was hired by the food industry to scientifically engineer our food to optimize your craving for salt, fat, sugar, and texture. When they say you can't have just one potato chip, it's not a dare, it's a fact. What they do is they <laughs> turn us into food junkies. It's yes. an addiction. Our food has been scientifically manipulated and yeah. that's why people have a hard time getting off Oreo cookies they found are 
more addicting than cocaine. Really? Really. So well, I, I will, I will tell you cocaine. that when you do have an Oreo, you can't just have one. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty good at rationing, you know, things and stuff and saying, okay, I'm only going to have this amount and stuff. But um, if it's sitting there, you know, especially uh, my husband's been known to bring a package of them home thinking, oh, look at I like brought this. I thought we'd like have it while we're watching a movie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why did you do that? Because I don't, I eat it. I could, could I get away with eating it? I can, because I'm fortunate that I could do that. But that's because I work out though too. So, you know, I'm, chances are I'm going to, and I'm not going to, it's not going to be an everyday thing. So, right. um, so I can get away with that. But um, I don't want to have it because it, it's just something that your body has to work through. Exactly, and eliminate. I teach people it's a choice. You're not foregoing something. You're not sacrificing something. You're making a choice to eat a healthier alternative. Uh, before I lost all the weight, I was going through a canister or two of Pringles, and I couldn't understand why I could not stop eating them. <laughs> And now I know. I just don't start. It's just my choice. Yeah, and that's right. one of the things you need to do if you want to change your lifestyle. Diets are trendy, temporary, and hard to stick to. So I advocate changing your lifestyle and doing it gradually. We didn't all gain the weight overnight. You're not going to lose it all at once right. overnight. It's like eating an elephant. You know how you eat an elephant? One bite, bite at, at a, a time. time. <laughs> exactly. That's how you lose weight. One ounce, one pound at a time. Uh, the biggest fallacy out there is diet sodas. People think, oh, it's zero calories. What they don't understand is because of the aspartame in there, diet sodas actually cause weight gain. Okay, well, I am willing to take this debate on with you because I actually have not had a Diet Coke since the end of February. I have, and I, and I, don't have a craving for it and when we actually have gone out to eat or something else I it doesn't even occur to me to order the Diet Coke um, which uh, to me you know how lots of people like to have their coffee in the morning I would have Diet Coke because I love the smell of coffee but can't handle the taste of it so you know I always rationalize it and said well you know um, I don't smoke I'm not a big drinker I you know, normally eat pretty healthy. Like this is the only thing that I do. So like, I was so good at rationalizing that. I was like, I, you know, you can tell me that, but I'm just telling you, it's like, it's all in moderation. But then when I started to think about it is that you would go out to eat somewhere and obviously every time you get um, a pop, they refill it for free. So they're always coming and refilling and stuff. So in actuality, I was having way more than what I thought I was having because um, you you don't think about the fact that as you're drinking it and stuff, somebody's refilling it because you're in the midst of conversations and things like that, and so you're not paying attention. Well, here's another tidbit for everybody. Okay. We've oh. been supersized without realizing it. In 1910, the average dinner size plate, average size of a dinner plate was nine inches. Today it's 12 inches. In Europe it's still 9 inches. At restaurants, the average serving size 
is served on a plate that's 13 to 15 inches in diameter. I just tell people, get a to-go box right away, cut it in half, so okay. you get two meals for the price of one. This is too much. Yeah. And that's one way to reduce your portions. Yeah, that's what I've, I, I, I think I always have a to-go box. So, because I'm, I'm actually more of a grazer than I am a meal person. I don't, um, I don't like eating a whole bunch of meal and then feeling that like big full feeling. Right. Um, so, I'll eat a smaller amount and then I kind of have like small meals throughout the day. And it looks like I'm eating all the time, which okay, um, if we're talking technically, yes, technically, but you know I'm probably you know, eating as much as somebody who has like a big, you know, plateful, but my system has an opportunity to digest it Correct. and work it through. And um, I've really gotten into um, doing recently is that um, trying not to have like a big meal, just having little snacks in the, in the evening. And if, you know, if I'm going to have a meal, I try to have it um, around lunchtime or like in the afternoon and yep. then from like six on if I have something just to try to have like an apple with some peanut butter or you know that's great some yeah. stuff like that and I use a salad plate instead of a dinner plate even when my wife and I go to all-inclusive vacations at the buffet mm -hmm. all you can eat I'll take a salad plate take what I want that's it don't go back for seconds and I'll watch people go back with these huge yep. plates for second third and fourth helpings and I'm just amazed where they can all put it um, well, my husband would amaze you because uh, I've never seen anyone be able to consume as much food as he does. Um, you know, in speaking with his mom and stuff, he's, she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> in talking with his, his brothers, they're like, you know, um, it was, it, it's kind of a funny little story is that uh, my sister-in-law talked about that um, she, when they were first uh, married, um, my brother-in-law and her, is that... Uh, she'd always talk about like how fast he ate and she's like like the food's not going anywhere and he's like no you don't understand like when you grow up with my brother like if you wanted food like you ate <laughs> but there was like three boys in sports and stuff like that so I'm assuming that all three of them played a part in it but um yeah so it there's it I mean if there's a buffet like he hands down like he is does not he's gonna go back yeah and he's gonna continue to go back but you know now we'll like make big sales and have it in the fridge there for the weekend stuff so if he goes back for more he at least he's getting something that you know good for him he's getting vegetables he's getting the lettuces and um i don't get iceberg lettuce <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no nutritional value to iceberg lettuce. No, it's all it's water. water. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I understand about being a fast eater. I was a very fast eater growing up and all through college. In fact, my nickname in college was Turbo, which is <laughs> short for Turbocharger. Uh, there's some stories in the book, If Not Now, When, Reduce Weight, Create a Healthy Lifestyle in 90 Days, about how fast I ate. And one of the stories is my mother had served myself and a friend and my twin brother and my twin brother looked and said aren't you going to serve David to my mom and she goes I did he's done already I had finished before they had even started <laughs> in college it was 
we were playing cards at night occasionally, and yeah. she'd order pizza, and, and I remember my friends saying, well, Jim said I had one piece, and Paul said I had one slice, and Eric said I had one slice, and they looked at me, and I said, I guess I had the rest. <laughs> so, that was a large pizza. Yeah. After well, no, that, it's, they limited yeah. me to two slices, yeah. that's it. That's, yeah, you know, um, I used to always, before... Um, I met my husband and stuff. I'd go out to eat and stuff like that and know that I could bring leftovers home and I would actually have leftovers. And um, now when we go out to eat and stuff, he'll order his and then my come, mine will come and he'll go, oh, well, that looks really good. And I'm always like, no, <laughs> like, that's mine. And he's like, oh. and I'm like, no. And I've kind of gotten kind of mean about it. I'm like, no, like, no, I'm not sharing. <laughs> Like, this is mine. Like, I'm, like, counting on this to, like, bring home to have, like, yeah. tomorrow or something like that. And so, um, and that's the thing is, too, is that, you know, it, like, goes in the fridge. And he's always, like, I go back thinking, and, you know, especially if it's something that you've enjoyed. Yeah. And then you go to go for the leftovers. And, and it's then gone. it's gone. And I'm, like, oh. I, and I'm so, like, disappointed. And I'm, like where did it go? And obviously I know where it went. And I'm like, did you eat that? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, that was mine. <laughs> now remember, I did say I was a former divorce attorney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I could have used you a while back, <laughs> many years back. Well, hand me your book. Let's put your book out there. Let's see if we can get it. the light. And it's it available is, on Amazon. Yes. And Barnes and it Noble. is not now when. If and, not now. Oh, if that's right. Thank you for correcting me. If not now when. Uh, and by David Mendansky. And it's, you know, how to um, diet and create a lifestyle change in 90 days. And um, I think that that's a, uh, just that alone in the title is a really, really important point because uh, so many people think that they just crash course diet and then they're going to lose it and stuff. And then, uh, you know, the tendency is, is that they gain it back, if not more. Right. And so if you don't learn how to do a lifestyle change, and I've always talked about is that um, you need to, just like, you would research if you're going to buy a car or if you're going to buy a house or if you're going to, if you're going to buy, you are a big purchase item. So, you know, we spend less time researching what's the best for us than we do on things that we go out to purchase. Well, most people take better care of their pets, their dogs and cats mm -hmm. and birds than they do themselves. Yep. They also take better care of their automobiles with maintenance than they do themselves. I teach people it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle and behavior yep. modification. And once you achieve a healthy weight, you want to keep it. The way I project it is it's like running a marathon without a finish line. You yes. just keep going. Yes. And that's the best way to approach it. People who diet, again, like you said, they tend to gain the weight back. In fact, 90% yep. of the people that lose weight that way gain it back. Yeah. They're not taught how to modify their eating behaviors, and they go back to old habits. I teach them how to make new eating routines and new habits. Well, some of the things that I read, and uh, 
let me know if you share this and some of the stuff you, you write and stuff is that most people when they're making a decision to go on a diet is that it's not because they've thought about it it's because they have a moment in time where they're so upset and dissatisfied with their self and they've either said seen something on social media or on the radio or on the TV and they make a spontaneous decision right at that moment to go ahead and thinking that that's going to be the fix and they've not spent any time whatsoever looking at um, or if somebody were to ask them right then and there, they probably couldn't tell you and explain to you what the whole program is about up front when they make that decision to do it. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's one of the biggest messages that need to get out there is that you do need to spend time. You know, if you're having one of those moments where you're not feeling really good about yourself, that's a good thing to carry a little notepad or something in your purse with you if you're you know out and about or if you're at home have something and you need to write those thoughts down and stuff and then when you're looking at something look at what it is that you're writing down and see is it going to help you address those things that you're feeling exactly and people need to know their reasons for wanting to reduce weight and shed those extra pounds for me it was health which right. is the number one reason right for others it's to look good for a wedding or high school reunion or another major event, once the event is over, it's back to eating the way they used to, right. gaining the weight back, instead of having a new eating habit or routine, a new lifestyle where you keep it off and you feel great continuously. Yeah. What would you say are some of the, what are um, some of the main points in the book that you really like to, that you focus on? I go into the different types of behaviors. The first one is drink more pure water. Our bodies are over 60% water, yet people drink more soda than water. Uh, you want to feed your dog or cat soda or diet sodas, why are you drinking it? Right. Uh, the other thing is eat slower with our environments right now. Everything's fast-paced. Learn to put your fork down between bites or spoons so you're not shoveling it in. Uh, use smaller portions. Salad plate is great to do that. Uh, stop eating three hours before you go to sleep. If you do that, you're not snacking on junk food while watching TV at night. If you are going to snack, make healthier alternatives. Plain Greek yogurt has four grams of sugar compared to 12 to 16 grams in the fruit flavored ones. Just add some frozen blueberries or strawberries. They Costco sells organic blueberries and strawberries inexpensive and they're great so it's an alternative ice cream mm -hmm. um, eat more of the vegetables people think oh I should eat more fruits and vegetables actually you should have three times more vegetables than fruits because of the sugar mm -hmm. content and fruit right. uh, avoid fruit juices people think orange juice is healthy it's not it has no fiber it takes four to eight medium oranges to make a glass of orange juice I ask people would you eat four to eight oranges at one sitting? Hmm. Well, no. Well, then why are you consuming that much sugar? I think when people think of vitamin C, I mean, when they think of oranges, they think of vitamin C. I, at least that, me, well, I, I guess I need to speak for myself, is that um, that is something that I thought for a very long time, is that if, especially if I was sick, is that if I had the orange juice and stuff, I was 
dousing myself with a lot of vitamin C. Um, and maybe it was kind of a mental game and that, you know, I'd feel better and stuff. But actually, I can actually take vitamin C. Exactly, <laughs> which is less calories than a whole glass of orange juice. Yeah. I'm with a friend. We were having breakfast, and they're ordering a glass of orange juice and a bagel of cream cheese. And I'm looking, and I said, I thought you were trying to reduce weight. Well, yeah, isn't this healthy? No. It's yeah. the worst thing you can have. Yeah. Some of us just don't understand know or have the knowledge or it's a myth we've learned the wrong things I provide information and education for people to go through the myths that are out there for example salads people think salads are healthy and it's a great way to reduce weight it's not if you look at the calories on some salads at restaurants they're anywhere from 1500 to 2000 yeah it depends on how you make the salad exactly what's in Mm -hmm. it avoid the cheese the, the, the nuts the salad dressing that's loaded with the bad fats. There are healthy fats, which are good for you. Uh, Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> grande, not even a venti. The, the medium, not the large. Foo-foo drink, as I call it. Will have <laughs> 66 grams of sugar or more. Are you trying to tell me that you don't go to Starbucks? I do, but I order black coffee. Uh, wow. Most okay. people only need 50 grams of sugar in a day. So when you order one Starbucks, you're getting more sugar than you need for an entire day. And some people have two or three of them. If I'm hearing you correctly, (laughs) you're telling me that maybe a chai latte with coconut milk is probably getting a lot of calories in it? Yes, and a lot of grams of sugar. Okay. Well, I don't have it every day. (laughs) It's it's okay in moderation to have a treat. I'll have a piece of chocolate cake, but what I used to eat in one sitting will now last me three or four nights. Yeah. And I, I'm not telling people you have to be a monk and forego everything. I have a scoop of ice cream well, every now and then. It's not every night or every day. Well, this this will uh, will be a, a chuckle for you is that my mom is a humongous chocoholic. She loves chocolate. It kind of skips a generation because my daughter loves chocolate. Um, I have no need for chocolate in my life. Just not if it. If I'm going to have chocolate, then it needs to be attached to peanut butter because I love peanut butter. So. You know what? I did when I was a kid, but now it's kind of a little too rich for me. Um, I like to have it in my smoothies, so that's how I like to have it. Um, when I was dancing and stuff, um, I liked having, I, and was younger and stuff, uh, I loved a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I was a huge fan of that. But, so. If anybody is from the Midwest, they know Saunders, which is Saunders candy, or they have Saunders ice cream, or they have Saunders hot fudge, or Saunders bumpy cake. And my mom is a humongous fan of all of those things. So anything Saunders, she's a fan of. So she, every time she would come into town, because I'm from Michigan, uh, she they don't have it here. So she would obviously want to have some bumpy cake. So we get, and there's only one size bumpy cake. It doesn't come in different sizes. It's just one size. And she's the one that like really loves it. So she would go and cut this tiny little piece and she would take it and go eat it. And then she would like go walking back and cut this tiny little piece. And I just would laugh. And I was like, do you think somehow it has like less calories? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, why not just take the big piece? Cause 
that's what you're going to wind up having. Any, Actually, you're probably going to have, doing it this way, you're probably having way more than what you wanted anyhow. And um, she would always go through that, that whole cake. And I just found it, you know, it, it was, to me, it was just hysterical. Because I was like, mm, really? Like, I don't understand. Like, how... How are you thinking that that somehow, and she's like, well, but I have to, every time I go, I have to think about it and walk there. And I was like, well, then obviously um, either you're not thinking very much about it and getting up anyhow and going, or two, um, you have absolutely no control over any of your thoughts right. <laughs> and you're going and getting it. And and it's, it, it's like, it's a funny thing that we talk about and stuff and anytime you talk about it and she's there and stuff she always breaks out in laughter and stuff because it she absolutely knows that um that is that that's an item that there is no self-control i mean she tries to eat very healthy and stuff like that but man you bring that bumpy cake out and it like it's all over with. Like, all the rules she follows go out the, t- yeah, <laughs> out the window. <laughs> I, I've been really good um, with the chocolate chip cookies and, and other goodies that people offer me. Usually what I'm telling them is more for you, or it'll look better on you than me. <laughs> or if they say it'll go to waste, I tell them better in the trash than on my ass. <laughs> better in the trash than on my ass. That's a good so one. So no is a full sentence. It is. No thank you is a full sentence also. Uh, <laughs> I, I got real good at the saying no or no no thank you. And um, even when I go to restaurants, mm-hmm. I met someone that had lost over 100 pounds. Wow. And she says, well, when I go to restaurants, I always look at the menu just before to know what I'm going to order. I said, I can go to a restaurant without looking at the menu and order. What? I just tell them, I'm on a restricted diet. I would like to order either grilled chicken or a piece of fish or steak, whatever, and a side of either avocado or broccoli or green beans, whatever they have, and that's it. And they're always 100% going to accommodate that request. They don't know why you're on a restricted diet. They have no, but they're willing to help you. Well, and I think restaurants are getting more that way because so many people have so many different sensitivities and stuff, Um, and it's actually such a... uh, um, a relief or you know it's just so nice to see that, that this change is happening that people are actually um, you know restaurants and stuff are understanding that um, that there needs to be flexibility that they can have their staple menu and stuff but they have to be willing to do some different things you know for people and stuff I mean if I get a, a salad at a restaurant I never get cheese on it now I always ask for the salad dressing on the side um, because you use 10 times less salad dressing if you just dip it in than when you, you know, pour it over. So well, you have control then on how much you're using as yeah. opposed to the restaurant just dousing it. Actually, in, in, in actuality, um, because I like salad, um, I have kind of done a little kind of self-diagnosis is that uh, I think that we all just want to taste that dressing when we first take put it into our mouth. You know, and when we have the little bit in there and stuff, then um, it kind of accom- like accommodates that sensory that we need of the dressing I of would, that test. No, I, I drive my wife crazy. You do no dressing. No dressing. I never use dressing. Everything's plain, and I drive people crazy. Wow. Well, <laughs> you get used to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay. You just keep going with you. And yeah, what can I say? And I'll just keep going with my yeah. little side. And avocado, for some reason, I don't like guacamole, but I love avocado. Okay, I'm, was, I, I'm the complete opposite. I love guacamole, but I can't handle the sliminess of the avocado. Like, it just... It, it's a sensory thing with me. Right. Just like um, I am not, uh, I will eat chickpeas, but I cannot handle um, hummus. hummus. I, it's a texture thing. I can't, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Speaking of hummus, grocery store hummus is loaded with canola oil. People should avoid that. Restaurant hummus that's made fresh is healthier for you. Oh. And what you can do instead of having it with the naan for the bread, is have it with uh, cucumber or celery sticks or carrot sticks. It's really oh. a great alternative. It is. It so is. Just some ideas to reduce carbs. Yeah. So, you know, some of the biggest issues that I've experienced uh, that I've had to deal with is that I've suffered from IBS. And so um, vegetables are a huge source of, of a problem for people who suffer from IBS. And, like, I love broccoli. I love cauliflower. Um, my body does not like them and uh, it caused tremendous issues and stuff so now I you know take a capsule that has you know the vegetables in it so at least I'm getting it you know that way every single day um, is it the juice plus that you use mm -hmm, it I, is I highly recommend plus. that to everybody because yes. as I tell people it's raw food in the capsules I, I actually promote it so yeah absolutely so I do use the the juice plus is that um, the I I do all four of them. I do the trio that has all the different fruits and vegetables, and the one that's all vegetables, and then I also use the um, omega. And the omega is the omega three and omega six. It's a combination. It's a blend. And it, I like to tell people that it's plant based. It's not fish based. Yes. Which is a healthier source oh. and a more concentrated source so you're actually getting full potency as opposed to fish oil which sometimes when they've done the research and tested it isn't as potent as it's marketed to be and it doesn't have the fish taste so there is no more fish like burping up <laughs> I don't like fish to begin with so like I like tried it and I was like <gasps> like I got that yeah. fish back and I was like, okay, like that was the end of that. And you know, I spent a decent amount of money on what I was told was a really good one to get. And there it sat, because I was not touching that again. I, yeah. oh, I was so disturbed by that experience. Yeah, no, I, I tell people, check out the Juice Plus. It's, it's great stuff. Well, and the Omega actually is really great for inflammation. And uh, a year ago, I had a total knee replacement. Wow. And so um, it actually really helped me uh, in that process. So I, I mean, I, I will give some credit to the fact that I have been an athlete my whole life. So there is a certain point of um, muscle mass and, and, and ability, flexibility and stuff that my bones and muscles have because it's been used to doing my entire life that other people who don't, that they don't have that advantage from a starting point. But I can tell you that when I went to physical therapy that um, that there was a woman that was only like three three days ahead of me and having the same surgery. And one, she was, you know, rather overweight. Um, 
I was not, but uh, five weeks in, I mean, within, I'm trying to think, it was like within a week and a half or two weeks, I was like off the walker. And within five weeks, I was, you know, walking around and I was doing the different machines and stuff. She was still on the walker. Three months, she was still on the walker. And, you know, I credit a lot of it to taking the Juice Plus supplements and stuff is that because it helped, you know, start healing right. myself. And um, this, this will be interesting to you is that I went to back in... Where are we? We're in this. Back in April, I went to a conference, and they had an article they put up there, and it was by a gentleman who was a journalist for the Wall Street Journal. Now, Wall Street Journal is a very prestigious newspaper, right? Yes. Everybody highly respects it. And this gentleman had written this article and saying the new found um, uh, prescription or pharmaceutical was was fruits and vegetables and he was like it wasn't like he was being facetious he wrote this old whole article about what fruits and vegetables can do for you and stuff and for all of us there at the conference it was actually rather humorous because um i thought wow like to work for the wall street journal you have a good head on your shoulders you are very good at your you know, uh, trade of what you do and stuff, and you're distinguished and have done a lot to to get that position. <sighs> like really, like, <laughs> like, I, I'm thinking that maybe not as much research was done for that article. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if you look at the magazines at the supermarket, they're all touting the latest weight of right. reduced weight, lose thirty pounds in thirty days. Like, no doesn't work that way and when you read it some of the stuff is dangerous out there people I know are on the keto diet and that is probably one of the worst things yes. you can do most people are doing it wrong most people don't understand the proper way to do it uh, when you think about it Michael Pollan and Dr. David Katz suggest that people eat more holistic food mostly plant-based not too much get drink lots of water and get adequate sleep and yet, the keto diet promotes eating a lot of meats and fats and less vegetables and less fruits and less carbohydrates, which your body needs in the right proportions. So right. people who think they're doing something that's healthy, they're finding out now there are negative consequences to those diets that are showing up. Well, and actually the keto diet was not ever meant to be a... Uh, Lifestyle. Lifestyle. It, it, it actually was developed to help people with diabetes, um, to help get their body regulated and stuff, and it was meant for a very short period of time. Exactly. And so, you know, I mean, even now, um, recently I saw that, I don't know what the company is, but they've jumped on the bandwagon that they've now developed, you know, um, snacks and things like that, that they, there was a commercial for, like, you know, keto diet stuff and I was like oh like this is this is you know yeah. now you know this is so again and I can't and I'm sure you I'm gonna bet and I'm not a betting person that you have probably talked to a lot of people who will probably try who's tried to argue the point of keto diet to you um you know but any even ones that you've worked with and stuff of saying 
oh, well, I know this is, like, really good. Like, you know, this is supposed to be, like, you know, why would I need to change and stuff? And it's it's not easy right. trying to educate, getting people to open up enough who are really committed to the keto to get them to open up to really listen to what you have to say. It's a short-term fix. It, it, it's very effective if you do it the right way and then gradually work in the carbohydrates, the vegetables, and the fruits. Where most people fall short is they don't work those in. They just keep eating the way they right. do. The bacon, the burgers, the steak. and Again, it's not healthy in a long period of time. Darren Hardy wrote the book The Compound Effect. And he talks about small, inconsequential things done consistently over, over a long period of time can have dramatic effect on you. And that's what I try to advocate, because you can reverse it, and, and small, inconsequential changes in your eating habits can give huge results. And this is how I approach it. I ask people, would you like to weigh 20, 30, 40 pounds lighter by this time next year? Most people say yes. Mm -hmm. Well, can you lose two, three, four pounds a month? Sure, that's very doable. Right. Well, great. Do that for 12 consecutive months. In a year from now, you'll be 20 to 48 pounds lighter. Right. And you can sustain it and still enjoy life, which is the main thing. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, um, working with them, I'm sure, too, that you sit down and come up, you know, there's, there's a whole thing that goes with it is, you know, sitting down and figuring out, you know, um, what are the issues they feel that they have had. You know, and right. you, you need to know what's, you know, what is, is there issues going on in your personal life that's affecting your, your eating habits and, and then what are your eating habits and stuff? And then, you know, creating a plan that's workable for them. And that's probably different for every single client that you have. Oh, it is. Everybody has different triggers and different uh, things that will cause them. Uh, Charles Duhigg in The Power of Habit talked about at 3 o'clock he would go down and get chocolate chip cookies at the cafeteria and then go and socialize with his co-workers. And what he found out after gaining a lot of weight, it wasn't the chocolate chip cookies he liked, it was talking to his co-workers. So right. he figured a way to change his habit and avoided the chocolate chip cookies, lost all the weight, and still enjoyed talking to his co-workers. So I find out what the trigger is, what's that emotional thing that's causing you the stress, what can we do? instead of eating can you journal can you go for a walk can you call a friend right there's a lot of different things you can do well and i can tell you coming from background of being in the corporate world and i had to travel a lot for my job and stuff and i went to a lot of conferences and um, those n never lend to you know having the healthiest you know um, eating style because uh, you're eating on the run um, or you're taking customers out and you're having meals at weird times, um, especially if you've been at a conference all day and then you're taking them out in the evening and you're in a restaurant and you're eating late at night. And that couldn't be the more worst time to be eating is like late at night. Um, and consuming and, alcohol. Yeah, and consuming alcohol. And then, uh, you know, you wonder why you feel, you know, worn out and fatigued and um, you, you don't feel you don't physically feel feel well you, know, you come home from four days of that and you kind of need a vacation from the time away and um, you know that is a difficult you know thing for people who've had a whole career of having to entertain customers and 
having to travel and stuff. I mean, there's there's people who have millions and millions of frequent flyer miles because of the fact of that they travel nonstop, you know, for their job and stuff. And so, you know, if you think about if you're at work all day and then you're having to like travel home or travel somewhere else for your job, you know, you have to arrive at the airport how many hours beforehand? You know, at least at a least couple two hours. Or three. And um, most things at the airport don't lend themselves to what I would consider healthy. Correct. And, um, you know, and then you get there, and if it's late in the evening, and you get the hotel, and you're hungry, and then you're, you know, just trying to figure out what you could grab real quickly and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it, it is a perfect recipe for a horrible health, you know, uh, package for yourself that you start paying the price pretty quickly. Right. And this is where I do my best to educate people on what they can do while they're traveling to make smarter, healthier choices so, and still participate. So when you're working with people, um, do you um, are you do you have a, a an office that people come to that you work one on one or do you go to people or do no, you have every, a everything's done over the telephone. So it's oh. convenient for people. I, if they want to see me, we can do a Zoom call. Most people prefer the phone. There's no weigh-ins. People are honest with me. They'll tell me if they've gained weight, stay the same, or lost weight. They'll tell me what the issues are so we can figure out what the challenges are, what the obstacles are. It's the convenience of being out of their own home or at work or wherever they're at to call. Again, there's no weigh-in. A lot of women do not like the scale. And I tell them, you don't need to weigh yourself. And they're like, well, how are you going to know? I said, your clothes will tell me. I love when women tell me they drop two or three yeah. dress sizes. I, 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 um, I, I have shared with, with people and stuff is that um, I was a ballet dancer, and I suffered the ballet disease. I had an eating disorder, but when you have an eating disorder, it never goes away. It's a lifelong thing. And so, and then being an athlete my whole life, too, only encourage the, the poor behavior. So, but I've found a way that if, if I kept in shape, then it, you know, and I tried to eat healthy and stuff, it kept me in a good space. So I figured out what I need to do, you know, for myself. Um, but you know, with coming off to the point where now I'm just at the point where I can get back into the kind of working out that I did, um, it's a struggle for me right now that I'm personally dealing with is because I'm used to being in top optimal condition um, that uh, you would normally see top athletes because that's the level that I always, you know, competed at. And I was in, you know, I was in cycling and I was doing long races and I was working with a trainer. And so used to being in that, in that form. So it's a mental game. You know, and so I understand from that perspective of of being in the space of having to fight because when you have suffered an eating disorder, you know what you can do exactly. to get where you need to go or where you want to be. And not necessarily where you need to go, that's the right, but where you want to be. Um, and it's really easy to, you know, fall back, you know, into it. And... Um, it is a day-to-day thing that you have to um, keep yourself in a in a certain space of what you have developed that works for you. Right. And you know that's that's a battle for me right now. 
And having a goal is important, and once you reach it, maintaining it. Darren Hardy talks about Michael Jordan and how when he was playing at his optimal, he was in incredible shape. And now if you look at him today, extremely overweight because he is no longer an athlete. Larry Bird, same thing. When they were playing incredible <coughs> shape, most professional athletes do not keep themselves in the shape they were. There's no reason for that. There's not that job of the performance. Yet other people maintain their it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, and it's what you want to achieve. So, if you want to be able to have a lot of energy and be able to participate in a lot of different athletic, not even athletic, just everyday things, mm -hmm. playing with the kids or grandkids, there's a reason to reduce the weight and keep it off. Right. The other thing is, you can do reduce weight 95% through your eating habits as opposed to exercise. So I don't want people feeling like, oh, I have to go to the gym or I have to do all this exercise to reduce weight. You really don't. If you just change your eating habits and give yourself at least 60 to 90 days to see results, mm -hmm. this is not Jenny Craig or Nutrisystem where you're gonna shed you know, 16 to 20 pounds in the first month eating their food, which really isn't food, it's a product, it's chemicals. Right. Uh, and then you gain it all back if you stop eating their food. So right. I'd rather be able to learn and teach people how to make the choices they want at going to the grocery store and preparing their meals and eating out at restaurants. And I, that's such a valid point. And there's, there's a couple of, of things that I think of as you're talking about that is that um, one is that, um, like myself, uh, I have not been one that's really been big into cooking. And, and that's trying to put it so nicely. <laughs> if I'm being truly honest, it's that um, I've never really liked cooking at all, and I wasn't good at it. But the reason why is that, you know, I danced seven days a week. And when I was growing up, I was not home during the time that my mom cooked. My mom cooked, when I was growing up, they didn't go out to eat all the time. You know, there wasn't the amount of restaurants that there are today. Right. Um, and she was a really good cook. And so... She would cook every single night and stuff, but I was never there part of that process. So I never got to be involved in it or be around it or, I mean, I always like saw the end result, but uh, I couldn't really tell you what went into it or how much time it took or, so for me, cooking was like, okay, like this is, this is time consuming, you know, and being a, a single parent for over 20 years and my territory was five states. So, you know, I was running around constantly, like, with my head chicken with her head cut off, and the last thing I wanted to do was, like, cook, because to me that seemed like a huge thing to do. So, you know, I think other people find um, cooking difficult because they've never spent the time doing it and stuff. And so I think working with someone like yourself is so important because it can help teach them that cooking is not as difficult as as uh, we created in our mind. And also too is that, you know, just like anything else, anything else is that there's um, recipes that are for people that um, don't have as much experience and, and recipes for people who have a lot of experience in Correct. cooking and stuff. And, and 
getting them to understand, you know, where where their level is and working with them and showing them and, um, you know, giving them an opportunity to find some success. For example, it's a great point. A lot of people are rushed in the morning, won't take time to eat breakfast. Sometimes you should, sometimes you shouldn't. I'm not saying one way is better than the other. However, for the people that want to eat something for breakfast and they're short on time, what I suggest they do is get pasture eggs, not cage free or range free, but pasture where the hens forage for their own food, and have a couple of hard boiled eggs in the refrigerator. So if you're in a hurry in the morning, grab it, it's already peeled, ready to go. It's a healthy meal just to have something. Right. Just little things like that. And a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't think of that. Or, yeah, I could have done that. Right. So it's little things. Sometimes we all know what to do. We just don't do it. Or sometimes we forgot what we know. And it's nice to have those little reminders. Yes. Yes. And it's and it's good to have somebody to work with that can help show you those things. Because some of us, we just don't know. And we've never taken the time. And sometimes it's... it's Success is just about having somebody actually sit down with you and, you know, write it down for you um, because that's the other thing, too, is people get so busy and stuff, and they're like, well, I just don't have the time to research and look at it and write. Right. So if somebody, can act like yourself, can actually put that all down for them, then they have a greater opportunity to start that process that's in their best interest to help them. Exactly. What... My clients tell me is the most important thing about the phone call is the accountability and the support. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they'll say, I was going to do this or have this and I knew I was going to have to call you or I had to make sure I drank enough water because I knew that was going to be the first question you asked. <laughs> it helps though to have someone yeah. you have to be accountable to. If you're not accountable to anybody but yourself, you cheat and lie on your ourselves we do it to ourselves yeah I, I found being in Arizona has helped me increase the amount of water I drink I thought I drank a lot of water before but you know I I would drink some and then I would have the Diet Coke and now that I don't have the Diet Coke I everything is 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 water well, or sometimes I'll some lemonade but here's another statistic 75% of the US population is chronically dehydrated Three-fourths of us do not drink enough water, yeah. yet our bodies are 60% water. And here's here's another fact is that actually when you start drinking a lot of water and stuff, at first until your body actually gets everything it needs and stuff, your trips to the restroom um, are will increase at first. Right. <laughs> um, but actually over time, uh, it, it goes back down. Because your, your body is equalized in the fluids that it needs and stuff, and... Um, it starts functioning better, and I found that to be the case because um, I was like, oh, you know, when I'm drinking, you know, the Diet Coke, I don't have to go to the bathroom as much, and now when I drink, when I sit there and drink all this water, then, you know, I have to go to the, I have to use the restroom all the time. You know, with being an athlete, I was getting a lot of water in because you just need to have it as you're working out because your body deserves it, but, um, but I found that now it has kind of found a way to level itself out which is it helps encourage me to keep drinking the water and stuff because uh you know when you have to get up in the middle of the night like 18 million times <laughs> well 
Well, for men, they have other issues for that reason. You know, that different reasons for that. But, <laughs> but you're right. It, your body gets acclimated, and you're not making as many trips to the bathroom as at first. Yeah. It's just, again, getting your body adjusted, and getting used to it. And also, when people are reducing weight, your body will hit a certain plateau, and it's your body adjusting. People get frustrated, and mm -hmm. then they give up because... I'm doing everything, how come I'm not continuing to reduce the weight? Well, your body needs time to adjust to the lower weight. It's called right. a set point. It's true. It's very true. Uh, and sometimes altering what you're doing a little bit is just enough to give it the kickstart that it needs. Exactly. There's some so, little tricks I teach you. Yeah, yeah, because your body can get used to something and then it just kind of goes, you know, uh, mid midline, exactly. I like to call it, is that, you know, it just kind of goes, mm, and you just have to alter something, and then your body goes, oh, okay, so you want me to do, you want me to be productive again, all right, <laughs> you know, I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. Super. Well, there's been, I could talk to you for hours on this, because this is a, such a huge passion of mine, and it's something that um, I think about all the time, because it's so important to me. As a person so uh, but again I want to uh, tell you all like you know, David's book release official book release it's it's out there now for sale but the official release is October 29th so uh, I hope that all of you uh, you know look to find um, David and he has actually some um, book events that uh, he has coming up. Some book signings at Barnes yep. & Noble throughout the valley. Also people can reach me at createyourthinnerself.com Alright, so what we'll do is that uh, when this is done is that, uh, and it's up on there is I will add all of David's information on there. Uh, the name of the book, his website, uh, email address, phone number. phone number, so that you can reach out to him. And because he does a lot of his counseling on the phone um, or it can do it through zoom calls is that he can talk to you anywhere you are it you don't have to be here in the valley you can be located anywhere so um, he is more than happy to help you he's an amazing gentleman he's fun to be around and so um, he'll be a great he'll not only be uh, a mentor but he'll be a great friend to you know be feel like you have a friend there with you going through the process so uh, you know thank you again for coming out and being here with me today so hopefully thank you had you. some fun while you were here because I love thank to you. have some fun while we're here so um, with that we thank you all for uh, coming and, and participating with us with the podcast today and I hope the rest of your day, no matter where the, what the time is, where you are, is that you take time for yourself today. You know, look at what it is that you're, you know, what are your goals? What are you looking to achieve? You know, are you, are you looking, are you at a point in your life where you need to be looking at, um, you know, where you are uh, with your lifestyle? You know, have you been struggling and going, I really want to make that change? You know, maybe now's the time, you know, take a few minutes and sit down and just write some things down of what your struggles are. You know, I, I know at times it's really hard to find, um, it's easy to let everything get in the way and say, oh, I don't have any time. But, you know, if you have to take a notebook when you go to the bathroom, take a notebook in the bathroom with you and take that minute to 
write some things down for yourself. So um, find a few minutes for yourself because you're really important. Because if you don't take care of you, all those people that depend on you, you're not going to be able to be there for them. And so with that, as I always say at the end, is that um, there are goals and then there's your goals. Imagine what you could accomplish if you just get out of your own way. And with that, um, I wish you all a good day. And I say thank you again, David, for being here. Thank you. Absolutely.